Okay. Are we both ready? Already? Oh, yes. I am. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Picky Bastards, uh, the podcast that's basically just three idiots competing <laughs> with each other for the worst music takes of the month. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm Take here it. with the usual bastards, uh, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hello. And Fran. Hi, Fran. Hi, Sam. How's it going? Good. You both good. well? Both yeah. feeling good in 2023, New Year. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's been, it's really. been a year full of, <laughs> full of joy and illness so far. So that's yeah. Good. I yeah. feel like we've set the tone. We're, we've we're recovered for the next month. Yeah, February okay. is going to be good. Wow, I've the, the important month of the year because it's my birthday month. So it's it's the it's the main month of the year. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. mm. good times. to remember. Mm. Um, in case anyone's. Joining us for the first time, welcome. Spoilers, you don't have to have heard the last 60 to understand what's going on, um, but you can go listen to them if you want, after you've listened to this amazing <laughs> podcast we're about to record. Um, we, we covered four new releases, one classic album, and uh, one of us does a Why I Love, and this month's playlist is Herbert by Ab Soul, Anyhow by Leyland Witty. Let the People Decide by C.S. Armstrong. Strays by Margot Price. Um, the classic album will be My Life by Mary J. Blige. And I will be covering Why I Love Jesse Ware. Uh, nice. So that's all the intro stuff done. Let's who, see who has the worst opinions. Um, <laughs> Matt. Matt, first off, <laughs> if the sound of the rest of 2023 could be any of these albums, which would you want it to be? Uh, so of these albums, I'd pick Absol with Herbert, um, and that's because I thought this was a really worthwhile listen. Um, it's very varied across the whole album, but it seems to like be like maintain its cohesiveness. It makes sense as an entire piece. Um, you have moments where it's quite aggressive. He's uh, rapping up all up on the mic, and others which are very laid back and so his flow throughout the album is quite flexible to what he kind of needs um and i quite enjoyed it it's very like there's moments that are very sample heavy and full of fuzz um and so it it made me think of a lot of like maybe it's a little bit like naughty's hip-hop i think and a little bit older style but I, that's that's the time that I I was most most avidly le- learning music and listening to music, and so I, it it very much like ticked that box for me. Like I, I I'm gonna like it because of that. Um, it maybe is a little long as well, but I feel like it. There is all the songs are pretty much at least good, and there's a lot of great songs on here. Um, I think specifically uh, songs like Do Better, it has this really haunting sample and it's like very, very, like the subject matter is very dark. It's about his own suicide attempt and you can, um, it feels almost like it's 
cathartic him kind of going through it if you've seen the music video for it he's actually reenacting what's happening um but i imagine that's also incredibly triggering for some people and so it's it it has this kind of weird vibe of like is this helping or hindering is this working for you or is it working for us um but then it also switches to much more fun songs like report card which is kind of funny it has this talky chorus which really bounces along um so like overall i thought there was a lot to dig into with this album i thought it was kind of interesting there was lots of pieces here and there which uh kind of stuck out and uh kind of made me want to listen to it again and lots of little hooks which made it get stuck in my head mm. so yeah interesting That's, yeah yeah do you, do you want to jump in fran yeah i mean it'd be good for us to start with a total disagreement i suppose so um yeah. so I'll, I'll jump in um, I, I thought this album was pretty pants um I, I I actually struggled to come up with an awful lot to say about it, to be honest. I think for an album that is an hour, over an hour long, I think it, it did very, very little to grab hold of me. Um, I think um, the only thing I really agree with about what Matt said was that it sounds like 90s rap. Um, and I actually think it sounds like rap by the numbers. I feel like if you were to ask someone who'd never heard rap to make a rap album, this is what they would make. Because <laughs> um, it just sounds so generically a rap album. Um, like I, I listened to the whole thing a few times because I am a very good podcast host and I like to do my, my homework, but every time, by the time I got to like the song Gangnam, I'd always look and see how long the album had been on and we weren't even halfway through. Like after 25 minutes, it felt so ploddy, really devoid of drive. I just, it just ran out of steam for me. Um, so yeah, I didn't in the end listen to the second half of the album an awful lot cause I just, I, I kind of got bored. And Matt has mentioned, okay, okay, another thing I agree with, Do Better is the one song that stands out, I think. The one that I would mention is a is a good song, but because I, I obviously yeah. hadn't liked it as much as Matt, I, I hadn't realised quite the, the dark subject matter, so I now feel a bit bad that I'm just slagging the album off. But um, <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of the one song that I, I did think stood out. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm re- I was really disappointed because I've been meaning to check Absol out for a long time, and I was glad um, Matt had picked it. I've got a friend who has been telling me to listen to Absol for years. Um, but on the strength of this album, that friend is wrong. Um, <laughs> potentially, they've made better, Absol's made better music before, um, mm. but but this is not the one for me, no. I, I can see what you mean by the hip hop, by the numbers, but I'd say mm. it's more, to defend it a little bit, it's more like yeah. um, how Wet Leg was, like taking bits from everywhere mm. and creating something a little new, but still very cool backy. <laughs> Yeah, um, and it feels well, no, I, mean, like I don't know why I'm saying yeah because I don't agree, but yeah, I can see what you I can see what you're getting at. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I think I'm probably somewhere in the middle, probably a bit closer to Matt, but I I do I think pretty much I agree with lots of what both of you are saying. Um, I, initially, I found it weird that there wasn't very much buzz around this, like at the end of last year. Mm, and yeah. this seems like the sort of album that would have been getting I think it may have just been lost in the kind of December yeah it's pretty late. end of year stuff um because I can see a lot of people really enjoying this and this kind of hip hop uh, like Matt said this this is what I kind of grew up loving um and this very like sample heavy um it feels like a throwback to things that felt like a throwback 
um kind of thing <laughs> where it's like there's a there's a song go off which is that's almost like timberland kind of style beat and backing yeah. vocals and um there's uh, there's a song church on the move and i love the way the sample is used um in the background for that um but again i feel it's a bit all over the place um mm. it feels like to me like I was I was kind of comparing him a lot with Kendrick a lot of the time, and obviously that makes sense. Like part of that label, and it's it, I get that. And Kendrick even appears on the title track, um, but I think it just doesn't go for. It's not culturally relevant in the same way as that. It is just a rapper rapping about various things. Um, and I didn't feel a sense of cohesion in the whole album. So when you have it be quite long and quite disparate and it has jazzy elements over here and then very samply rap over here, it just didn't come together like me. It it reminded me of that Danger Mouse album we did last year as well, where it, oh, yeah, it yeah. feels very out of time. Um, it doesn't really feel like an album that's, that's right now. Whereas when I feel like artists like Kendrick and do albums that call back to this era it still feels like they're relevant to today and that they're pushing the sound to somewhere new and i don't know if this did that so i I wanted to really like this and i think there is some really great stuff on here we've all mentioned pretty much all of the best tracks I i think bucket is another one that i really liked um but in general yeah it it didn't quite grab me as a whole album um for something this long um but yeah, another album that's too long that we all yeah. agree. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we see we see the length of the albums when we pick them and we keep picking them. We um, It's self-inflicted, do, really. Yeah. Do we? Do we? I, I don't know. <laughs> I do. Matt, all Matt's fault. It's all his Matt's fault. It's a nice surprise when I get beat up. Well, I suppose we don't if they've not come out yet and we pick them. So maybe yeah. we've got that excuse. But I, I usually check and then I just go with it anyway because I think maybe this will be the good long album and it isn't. Yeah. Um, which we'll it talk more about later with the next next list that I've chosen an hour and 14 minute long album for. But anyway, <laughs> enough of that for now. Yeah. Uh, okay, next question. This one's for Fran. Um, mm. Which album had you dreading the rest of the music set to be released in 2023 the most? Okay, well, well, if Anyhow by Leland Whitty was <laughs> to become the sound of 2023, then I think that would be a pretty worrying development. Um, I think it would probably be an indication that the world was ending. Um, it it feels like this is just lift music, but lift music that would probably be in the broken down lift in the Overlook Hotel from The Shining while you were waiting to be murdered. Um, I feel like it's the music that would be played in Purgatory. Um, I think it's just so just intensely annoying and just there that, yeah, um, I'm glad you asked me this question because it was the only way I could think about anything to say on this album was just to immediately <laughs> be really negative about it. Um, but yeah, I don't actually, if it was going to be the sound of 2023, that would fill me with dread, but I don't think I need to worry about that too much because um, I don't think I'll hear many of her albums like this one this year because I can't imagine why I would. Um, <laughs> kind of the only other thing I would say about it is that I, the thing it most recalled for me from the recent history of the podcast is the Fergus McCready album that was on the Mercury list. Um, and I know they're not that similar, but they gave me a similar sort of 
feeling, but th- this one makes that look like a masterpiece. At least I could see why the Fergus McCready record was enjoyable. This kind of reminded me as well, this album, I've already said it's Purgatory, it's from The Shining. It also reminded me of like lots of 70s cop show theme tunes matched together. Um, <laughs> and and they, they were the things that went in my head when I listened to it. Um, so yeah, with two albums in and you can see they're not really for me as of yet. It's going well so far. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything else to say about Lean and Witty. Um, um, so, yeah. I'll, I'll jump in. Because um, I feel like we can both blame Matt for picking <laughs> a jazz album as the start of the year. Like, we're yeah. not picking the Mercury Prize. Like, we don't need <laughs> to pick a jazz album. Yeah, we um, need this. <laughs> but yeah, I, this, for me, this ended up feeling more like a kind of soundtrack than, a, than a, an album. Like, mm. it, it felt like it was background music, like you say. Um, like, it was missing something over the top. The times when this everything is very pretty um and especially the the first few tracks but i think other than some moments where there's kind of lots of like heavy saxophone on on it and it's kind of like really going for it i I don't think it really has like peak moments i think there was a song windows where that was one of the few that i feel like had a steady build into like a solo that really made sense and felt worthwhile elsewhere. It's just sort of, it feels like it's just endlessly building to something that never happens. Like it is meant to be in the background and repeated over and over again while you're doing something else. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Music like this just also just stresses me out when I'm listening to it. Like most of the time, <laughs> yeah. like I can't work and listen to like this sort of album because it makes me. It just gives me like heart palpitations. I don't know what it is. Which if is, you had to choose music's... between this and you had to, and the um, soul glow style screamy, I can listen to this. To. I can listen you, to yeah, this. Okay, this would I, win. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That is, I can't listen to that at any time. <laughs> This at least I can see ways, and it, it's affecting me, which is the mm. point of anything. Yeah. Whether that's gonna help me focus on work, I don't think so. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. Wasn't really my thing. Um, yeah. I'd be interested what Matt thinks. Um, well, I'm gonna start by defending myself. Um, <laughs> I haven't got off the jazz deep end. Um, like I don't know if you know who this guy is, but he's yeah, a member bad, of good, right? Bad Bad Not Good. Yeah. And I really have liked some of their projects in the past. Um, so I was expecting something a bit more interesting and accessible than this was. And I guess this is accessible, but it's just, like you say, it's a a bit of a musical non-event. Um, mm. <laughs> I also got annoyed you saying it would be in the elevator in The Shining, which the, that music in the elevator in The Shining would be so much more interesting and sinister and I don't something, know, I think there's something about just like making like sam was saying it's stressful and it's like something See, I, that wants to send you it, insane i didn't find this stressful at all i just found it just beige um really um i i there were a few like moments where it almost threatened like there might be some like weird dissonance some weird little tidbit of a song that might develop into something but yeah like i, I think sam was saying it, it didn't swell into anything it didn't really build or take you or it didn't take me at least anywhere where i was like 
question questioning or querying like what was going on in the song and like actively engaging with it it's um there's just nothing really interesting um <laughs> so, so that's like to be honest that's worse almost than an album that offends me <laughs> with its yeah. sound at least i can act like engage with it this was just like oh, okay it's it's, it's over now we've done yeah it. yeah <laughs> we don't have to worry about it anymore no yeah. i'm glad it was short <laughs> was it it was like 29 like, minutes was it it was very yeah. short Fucking it was hell. barely there jesus so. felt like three days <laughs> maybe that explains it fran was listening to it on repeat <laughs> no. okay okay let's try and That's let's nice. try and pick something that we can all kind of be happy about what what album did you really like of the remaining ones matt if any, <laughs> I'm assuming there's some positivity. Oh, let's have a look. Let's. Can you be positive about anything? Oh, I'm going to go for Margot Price with Strays. Okay. Um, I felt like this is. I'll try and be positive about it, but it did feel like it was Fleetwood Mac light most of the time with a big injection of country. Um, it. It was positive, it Matt, was positive. it was a mostly listenable album. Um, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> mostly listenable. Put that on the cover. Some, sometimes it did get a little bit t- t- like too much country for me. Like a lot of the way that she's kind of singing, switching from that kind of husky whisper to like pushing, felt like a very country like stereotype. But I maybe don't know enough about it. Um, but then a lot of like some of the other songs where I felt like it was more kind of classical dad rock kind of vibes. Um, I, I thought it was quite fun and enjoyable. Um, and though it was, it did feel like, oh, they, they do just want to be Fleetwood Mac. Um, it, um, it's still like I like Fleetwood Mac, so <laughs> it's still a, like a fun, fun time to listen to. Um, I, I did get kind of annoyed by the big features, like Sharon Von Etten. This, I, I, I don't know if this song was that bad, but listening to it just made me annoyed about her so, recent solo album. <laughs> Which I mean, that like was a, cool, but yeah, okay. I feel that's unfair. And then yes, uh, the Lucius feature is pretty dull because um, she basically uses them as back backup singers when, like, mm. I don't know, they're they like really good at interesting harmonies and like vocal interplay. Um, that's a bit more adventurous than w- what she was using them for. Um, I liked I liked Time Machine quite a lot. It had a really cute xylophone in it, but it did feel more like a, a, a novelty. Um, and Hell of Heartland had like a really interesting atmosphere. And then the way it ended at like double pace was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's, it was largely inoffensive and pretty easy to listen to, but kind of like meh, meh. Okay, meh. That's your most positive. Jonathan, could jump in, Fran. Yeah, I mean, okay. My favorite thing about this album, honestly, was after all the talk about Sam bringing country music to the podcast when he came as a full time host, it was me who ended up being the first person to pick a pretty decent country album. So 
I think you know I got that over Sam, so I enjoyed that. Um, generally, I did. I, I get what Matt's saying. I, I generally did enjoy the record for the most part. Um, I do think it has really strong moments. Uh, I think the song with Mike Campbell, "Light Me Up," is is, is a really pretty ballad. I do like "Radio" with Sharon Vernon. I think it it's fun. It sounds kind of classic in a way, and I think it it grew on me. Um, I wasn't sure at first because I saw Sharon Vernon and, and kind of had a lot of hope and it wasn't quite what I thought it was, but I did like it. Um, I think County Road is a really good song. I think it's the best song on the album. Um, again, it's got a classic feel, nice piano line, builds really well. Um, that's her best vocal and the best storytelling on the album as well. Um, Matt's mentioned Time Machine, which I do think is fun. Um, I do quite like that. Um, and I think the end... Do you like the, the album- xylophone? I didn't notice the xylophone, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't notice it. But yes, I mean, I like the song. Um and I think the album ends quite well with Lydia and Landfill. So I like quite a bit of it. Um, and it stands, yeah, it does stand above the other country stuff we've covered on the podcast for me. Um, there, there are moments I'm less keen on. I think being to the mountain that opens it is is a bit much, as is change of heart. And anytime you call, they're all a bit too la, la, la for me. <laughs> um, and I think the album does feel a bit generic. I think Matt's not wrong. Like it is, it's a good example of its genre, I think, but it does feel very, very of its genre. Um I think her voice is also a tiny bit sickly sweet for me. And I think that's kind of where this fell down a little bit. Um, I feel like if there was a bit more bite to her voice, I might have, I might have really liked this album. And it's made me think about like the Angel Olsen album from last year that me and you covered, Sam, on a, on a mini podcast. Um, it was a country album, but for me, it had a singer that does something a bit different with their vocals um, and changes their voice up, whereas I didn't feel like this did. Um, but it was decent. I'm glad I listened to it. I can't say I probably will listen again, but um, but I did like it. Yeah, that's me, Sam. Yeah, um, I mean, there's no surprise that I absolutely love this. Yeah, um, I was very excited about this album going into it. Um, so I would have picked this, but it's my episode, friend, so I didn't have a chance. Okay. Yeah, uh, so you can't claim that on me. Well, no, because I did. Because I would have picked this, <laughs> but, but it did happen. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I think it says a lot that I think this is probably her best album yet because okay, wow. she's had like uh, I think I think this is her fourth album yeah and I think from the from the debut which was so kind of really shook the like, mainstream country world at the time to the the one she did a couple of years ago I think it was twenty twenty um that's how rumors get started that was one of my favorite albums that year it was so good um the, to this album I think the the, the build-up she's had has been huge, and this feels like her most cohesive, um, strongest statement Yeah, I, th- I think she makes songs sound timeless to me, to, that they, they feel like they've been here forever. Um, and I think the comparisons to something like Fleetwood Mac make perfect sense. I think Hell in the Heartland sounds like a Fleetwood Mac song from the 70s, but it's brought into... It, it's It's performed and lyrically has this immediacy that's like much more relevant today and I I feel like that that's what carries this whole album together is she's bringing kind of like old school ways of creating records but doing it in a very very current way um I think the scale of every song on here is amazing um it's interesting you've you've mentioned the Angel Olsen album because it's the same mm. producer, Jonathan oh, Wilson, produced both. Ah, okay. And for me, the reason you think that works better is literally the opposite for me. Is that okay. I, I feel for me is that 
what I probably missed on that Angel Olsen album, I feel like Margot Price delivers a lot more emotion in the performance. Um, and I think something like the, the Closer Landfill um, really feels like the sort of song she's been building to for a long time. And that, that was part of what I kind of missed on the Angel Olsen album. There's someone who's coming into this genre that hasn't kind of done it for a couple of albums and has really kind of nailed what they're trying to get. I think the storytelling on Lydia is fantastic. I think that's an obvious highlight. I, every time I hear that song the whole way through, um, I'm, I'm just floored. Um, and then when she when she wants to deliver a, like a hook, like a more like an Americana vibe, she can. And I think Time Machine and County Road prove prove that. Um, yeah, th- this is extremely my shit. Um, <laughs> And it's like the least shocking thing ever. And I, yeah. th- this will be one of my favorite albums this year. And I knew that going in, really. If it had been released last year, it would have been as well. Um, just, yeah, uh, this is well. very, very good. And um, I'm not surprised. And you should you should listen to the last one as well, Fran, if, if you like okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, it it's very similar vibes. It's not, mm. it's not a huge departure, this one. Yeah. Um, it's no, just, it yeah. I really and finally, like someone on this episode is overwhelmingly positive for the first time. Yeah, hey. so that's good. I also just something that's come to me while you two have been talking is um, I feel we need like some sort of tally of how many times you two compare a band or artist to Fleetwood Mac. I feel like it's literally not every time, not even every time we do the podcast, but every time I speak to one of you, we compare something it's because to Fleetwood Mac or they they <laughs> defined a genre. So anything yeah. that is like that is going to try and sound like them because mm. they pretty much killed it at that point. Like they were, those songs are still, people are still trying to write and emulate those songs that they did Fleet- back in the day. Yeah. Let's not get into my feelings on Fleetwood Mac. But, yeah, I was going to say, I think you're just sad because you don't like Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm, I'm absolutely devastated by that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let, let's, <laughs> let's do the other new release and then okay. we'll do the classic. Um, so I can, I'll talk about CS Armstrong first, if you you guys are okay with me. Mm -hmm. Mm Um, I I feel like there's like a kind of subset of artists that are doing a similar thing to what is done on this album. Um, this kind of like weird crossover of like funk, blues, hip hop, it kind of like Childish Gambino, more recently, like the Steve Lacey album that came out last year, it's yeah. it's kind of weird genre crossover, and I don't really know who it's specifically for. Um, but this kind of feels like that sort of thing, and I think C.S. Armstrong has a unique perspective and a unique take on it, so it, it makes it worthwhile. Um, so I think for the most part, I did enjoy this. I think so, like all of you, best I go, that it's really like dreamy. Um, the drums and the glitchy kind of string samples um, are really interesting on that song. Um, th- there's really interesting like backing vocals on trying to find my way. Um, I find that really like infectious and in- effortlessly enjoyable really. Um, but then at the same time, I think possibly the worst, some of the worst music on this whole playlist is on this album. Um, I think Tamika is, barely listenable um (laughs) the way the vocals are just so irritating on that song and i don't understand because elsewhere 
mm-hmm. the vocal is so dreamy and and nice um like there's a song dennis rodman and like that it it really shines in the upper ranges but that tamika song is just awful and there's there's some other moments that are similar where i, I was like I really want to enjoy this album, but it's quite short and there's enough, there's enough really bad things on it that it makes <laughs> like a bigger, like ratio of the whole thing. Do you know what I mean? I feel like if it was slightly longer, I may have been a bit more forgiving. Um, I think it needs like another knockout song or two, like another really peak moment for it to go from like being a decent album to being really good for me. Um, but yeah, I, there's there's plenty here that I did enjoy. Um, I just I can't see this being something I'm going to go back to loads. Um, what nice. do both of you think? Um, um, Matt, do you want to go? Yeah, yeah I'll go because um, I specifically called out Tamika because uh, I think overall his singing um, I found to be really kind of annoying across the album and kind of grating. But I wrote down that. I liked how broken Tamika sounds and how his singing and the beat and the flow are almost working against each other. Um, it just, it felt kind of weird and creepy and there's this despair to it and desperation, which I think matched the tone of the song. And so I thought it was musically quite creative. Um, but as an album as a whole, I, I agree. I think it's much more cohesive than like the Absol album and it's a little rawer, but it it doesn't sound very it's not consist like consistent or it's very uneven across. There are clear high points and that I think they happen early in the album. And then most of the album is just like a vibe album. I feel like I could put this on for a vibe and not pay attention to most of the contents and it would do do its job as this kind of background music um and it's much less of something that i want to actually engage like pay attention to and and try and focus focus on so i don't know i i I didn't really i didn't really uh vibe vibe with this this album that much (laughs) even though it is much of it's a it's a vibe album stop saying vibe man (laughs) Word, you said vibe. vibe more than you said Fleetwood Mac. Um, are you done? Shall I go? Yeah, you go. Yeah, I'm surprised neither of you have mentioned the opening song "Never Leave God Behind" because um, it's pretty good. I I love that song. When I first heard that song, I thought this album was going to be fantastic. I think it's really impactful that song, and it it is derivative of Anderson Pack. I would say the opening. Mm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but Definitely. I think it's kind of good enough on its own right to to rise above that comparison a little bit and deserve a bit of recognition. I think it's really so fall. It's, it's quite aggressive. It's really striking. Um, and there are moments that live up to it throughout the album. Tamika is not one of them. Um, Tamika is not good. Um, as a whole, I think the album um, does become quite chaotic and quite indefinable quite quickly. Um, I think within the first three songs, which are Never Leave God Behind, Tamika, trying to find my way, it jumps all over the place between genres and styles. And then it's got Face Tat after that, which is another one like Tamika, which is, I don't get why it's there. It doesn't fit. Um, I don't like Face Tat either. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, the jumping about isn't necessarily negative, and there's only those two songs on the album that I really didn't like. But I do feel like the lack of cohesiveness cohesiveness presents this prevents this album from really like having an identity or a sound, and I do think that's kind of to the detriment of the album as a whole. Um, I think there's loads of really gorgeous, soulful moments, though. Um, I, I love all of you slash Best I Go and Dennis Rodman. I think they're both great. And I, I don't know what Matt's talking about in terms of his vocals being annoying because his voice sounds amazing on those songs, um, particularly on Dennis Rodman. Um, and I'd say the same for Butterflies later on. Um, but yeah, one of the things that I found difficult with it was I do really like his voice. And then occasionally he uses a lot of auto-tune, like on Walk on Water, and it kind of kills the mood a little bit. Um, I actually ended up thinking that the album's best when it sort of stays away from more modern production techniques. Um, I think like the stuff that sounds like a soul album, it was almost got like Motown influence. I think there's parts of the album where it sounds a bit like Marvin Gaye or it's Redding. Um, like the, the verses on Don't Blow My High are an example, but then he goes and massively auto-tunes the, the chorus. Um, but I think it shows that he's got a lot of potential. Um, I think like the good moments on the album show a lot of potential. But I do think I come away thinking it is just potential. I don't think he's there yet. Um, I'll be interested to see what he does next. Um, if he leans into like the older influences, I think he could be really good. But if he leans into the Tamika face tat weirdness, <laughs> I, I don't think I'll really like the next album. So I think, yeah, he needs to lean into the into the past and into his influences. I think that side suits him a lot better. But, but I do really like the strong moments to the point where it was probably my favorite album on the list because of the moments that I did really like. So, yeah, that's that's okay. me. Not saying there was a lot of competition for my favourite album spot, though. <laughs> Just to that out there. Okay, who who wants to talk about Mary J. Blige first? Um, I who's, mean... Who's gagging to talk about this album? I am not gagging to talk about it. I don't have an awful lot to say. Well, you you go for it then, Fran. Okay. <laughs> right. I do think this album makes it clear that she does deserve to be seen as a legend because I think it's, she's clearly really influential. I think she's clearly been pretty integral to a sound and a genre. I do think she's got a good voice. It's soulful. It's well-produced. Um, I don't think it's as dated as I thought it might be, um, but it just isn't for me. Um, like, I totally respect her talent and ability, um, but it's not the kind of music that I, I want to listen to. Um, and, it, you know, it's a little bit too, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a bit too smooth, a little bit too yeah. everything's, yeah, like on a smooth, like just it's pretty on a level throughout. And it's quite long for saying it's not hugely different. One thing that I did think is she really like she doesn't want to fuss and fight. She uses those lyrics in about... <laughs> 15 songs <laughs> i don't want to fuss and fight so I, I respect that about her she doesn't want to fuss and fight no um and i am glad i listened to it I, I think it's clear that it's one that's been on my list actually sam i know you chose this it's been on my list of classics to to mm. think about um i'm glad that i've i've heard her given her a bit more time and i do think it's clear why she's influential but i don't think i'll listen to anything else by her unless i'm made to mm. so there you go <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll jump in. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think the first thing, and all of us, I think all of us will agree is that she is kind of seen as a legend now, and I think that is mm. deserved. Like, yeah. if you, I can't think of very many people at her level that if there's going to be a performance and Mary J. Blige is going to perform somewhere, 
you never feel like, oh, a bit worried that, oh, will she be able to do it? It's like, she's going to knock it out of the park. She's going to sound great and she's going to storm the stage. If you've ever seen her perform like a festival show, it's like, she's just so great and has so much confidence. And you can feel that on this album. This is quite early in her career. I think it's the second album. And I picked this over the debut because the development is so big between the songs. And these are songs that have kind of, really define the rest of her career so like mary jane all night long you bring me joy be happy i'm the only woman that they are killer tracks like they're so good those songs and you can see why she's probably still singing those now like however many decades three decades later or whatever it is um and she has such a strong identity on this album i feel and like her own style she she always goes by the the queen of hip-hop soul um and you can see why because these beats could a rapper could easily be rapping across all of these these beats um that are on this album and yet she uses hip-hop production and hip-hop motifs in a way to make soul r&b music and it's it makes her sound really unique these these aren't just like r&b records these but, but she's doing it without needing to get a rapper to do a hook, to get a rapper to do a verse on it. She's doing all of that herself. And at times, there's moments where it feels like the half of the song is like ad-libbed. Like she's just sort of vibing in the studio and she's, she's just going for it. And I think that's great. But then you have that over an hour and <laughs> there's, the songs are all very, very long. They're all like five minutes long. And at times when it's happened like four or five times in a row and you're like, I feel like we need to get to the next song, Mary. I feel like we need to move on. <laughs> You've made your point. We need to just move on to the next one. Cause I think some of the tracks <laughs> near the end lose the impact. I think, I think be happy mm. being like the last actual track on the album. Um, it is, does it a disservice? Cause I think it's probably my favorite song on here. And um, I think the earlier ones, kind of hit harder because they're not lost in the shuffle um i i think i love you is is one of my favorites i, I think that's got so much emotion and her version of i'm going down is is amazing obviously that's like an iconic cover version of a song but i think this made me go she's much more comfortable and and works better singing her own music um i think the few covers that are on here the few songs that she clearly didn't write i feel like there's something missing and it as an album that's meant to be like this is my story and this is all just my own tale i feel like for the most part the album achieves that um and still kind of holds up to that today um i think this this probably i think in general this is like seen as the best mary j blige album um still and she's released a lot at this point um and I can understand why it feels like it's the most cohesive of kind of her own identity as, as an artist. So I, I'm glad we listened to this. this is one of my favorite classics we've done, I think. Mm. Um, even if it is a bit long. Yeah. Matt, what did you think? I really hated this album. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I had such a hard time listening to it. I just, it's, We've talked in the past a lot about like things feeling dated or things feeling like done. 
and it is tough because I don't, I don't think I listen to much like R and B and and hip hop around like from around this specific time, and so knowing like she probably made the sound and then it became popular, right? Um, and it's that thing of like saying a precedent, but then all I've heard is the aftermath of that. Mm. And now I think this sounds bad <laughs> because <laughs> all I've heard is people ape it. That said, I would like to think that if I heard this for the first time in like the early nineties, when it came out, like all these kind of extended ooze, these lots of <laughs> la la la's for a minute at the beginning of a song. Um, the second song has just an extended scat for a while, so I'm just thinking of the scat man. Um, <laughs> it it just felt like what what are we doing here? It did feel like very purposelessness. Per yeah, it didn't have a purpose. <laughs> you added a syllable there. That you didn't know, but it's okay. <laughs> Purposeless. Yeah, I'm I'm still waking up. Yeah, yeah. But it's also the content. I thought was really like. I was expecting, I was expecting it like uh, Sam says. I there's some hip hop elements, but I I wanted the hooks. From what I know of Mary J. Blige, I think I know her from collaborations mostly, and so I was expecting a little bit more hip hop forward, and so it wasn't that. And then what she's talking about is so like sincere all the time, and it's so focused on her relationship to a guy. And in the most like feel, feels like just worn out platitudes and like metaphors of just wanting this very boring sounding relationship. <laughs> and I compared to like what a lot of people are singing about now, which is much more explicit and like what less about pleasing a man and more about pleasing themselves. And I'm just like, this sounds so much more interesting and has so much more vitality to it. Um, and it just, as a result, none of it's fun. I didn't find like any of the songs were really fun. Like it seems like she's kicking back and having just a very chill time, but it's not fun. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what to add. I like, obviously she's got an, an, like a great voice and stuff. I just would rather it be used for something else. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um, so yeah, that's a pretty yeah. uh, wide spectrum on Mary J. Blige there. I don't think we've agreed on anything, which is good. That's the point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this, we're this very consistent. Don't worry. This I think time. we're agree on one thing, right? Um, oh, we agreed on Leyland Witty, yeah. The, <laughs> agree on Leyland Pretty much. And yeah. and the fact that the playlist as a whole was pretty bad. Yeah, I was going to say that. Are <laughs> we all in agreement? But this yeah. isn't a stellar month. Not a stellar month. It felt to me like what it was is that we, we were trying to cobble something together in the like December, January month. And we just picked the only new releases there was, I think. I think that's like there was four new releases <laughs> and we picked them and <laughs> two of two of them were terrible and two of them were pretty good i thought i thought margot price and cs armstrong were decent um yeah so it was a not a great playlist for me but not not the worst i don't think yeah i, I don't think anything for me nothing was like genuinely terrible 
which Leland is was. progress, I think, for a lot <laughs> of them. There's usually at least one I like hate. But yeah, the other, I think if the Margot Price album is just so good that it probably clouded my view on everything else and maybe I didn't give anything else any time in my head um, because I was so enamoured with that album. But yeah, who knows? So, yeah, it's the worst playlist I've listened to, I think. I, there was, the worst? Wow, the worst. Yeah, I don't think there was anything I was really actually excited to listen to apart, like, the one... I liked the Absol album, like I said, but broadly, there was nothing I was really looking forward to. So it was, it was. I think a sign of how how much we disagreed is we. I think we all had different favourites from the list, which is interesting. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's not normally the case. Don't normally happen. Well, hopefully, you at least look forward to my incredible "Why I Love" section, which is going to be great. Um. But yeah, so I'm I'm gonna be going over why I love um Jesse Ware. And I genuinely thought I didn't I had hadn't picked Jesse Ware before now because I genuinely thought that Matt, you were a big fan already. Um I kind of knew that Fran, you didn't know her very much. Mm, no, but I all. just assumed that you had both listened to her albums. So I'm quite glad we were able to do this. Um because hopefully you both like her. Um, I, th- I think I first heard Jesse Ware through, like, when I was at uni, it was, like, the cool lot at, like, the uni newspaper who were, like, ran, like, the music section. And I was never, like, as into the sort of music that you would need to to be able to do that. And that they they were just getting everyone to listen to the Subtract album, that, um, that debut album back in, like, 2011, mm-hmm. I think. And... That introduced me to Jesse Ware and Sampha at the time because they, they were both quite heavily featured on a lot of the songs on there. Um, I think Radio 1 were like rinsing that Disclosure remix of Running as well, um, as well as uh, her single Wildest Moments. But I don't think I actually sat down and listened to her debut album until early 2013 when I was doing like best of 2012 lists and I was just kind of going over things I'd missed. And as soon as I listened to it, I was like, where have I been? This is this is so good. I've been sleeping on this album so much. Um, it's so danceable, but also so soulful. And her voice is just incredible. Um, by the time there was like a re-release, I was just so fully on board and was in full-on fan mode that the follow-up album is the one that really, I feel like, took me from just being, I really like Jessie Ware. I think she's really underrated too. Wow, this that was my album of the year of 2014. Um, it was the first vinyl I ever bought um, when I didn't own a player and it was on my wall for years. Um, and I that album specifically in that year, I really, really connected to it um, because that was the year I met my partner, David. And it was such an explicit album about what it means to kind of be in love with someone, be in love so deeply, but also have flaws in your relationship, but also go through things, but then be excited about what the potential is for the future and um, what it means to overthink all of those things and be in your own head. Um, So it's, it's so linked to that time for me 
that I feel like no matter what she does, it's always going to be like a really important album for me um, in kind of that journey um, of listening to her. Um, and I feel like her her as a person makes all of this, all this music feel like true moments in her life. Um, there's kind of defined moments. So the Tough Love album was specifically around the lead up to getting married to her long-term um, partner um, the follow-up album Glass House was all about becoming a mother for the first time and she was pregnant while she was writing and recording it um, and then the whole What's Your Pleasure era that happened a couple of years ago is kind of recapturing the energy of her debut in a way of well now I have a family What? how do I fit in this world as a woman how do I fit with, as a family and how do how does this all make sense? Um, so I find it really interesting to follow her as a person as well as follow her career. Um, so yeah, I've tried to pick out songs that mean the most to me as a fan. Um, I've seen Jessie perform all of these songs live and that's where she just excels. I think a song like If You're Never Gonna Move or I, I think I still have it down as 110%, which lawfully I don't think I'm allowed to call it because there was a lawsuit um, over a sample on that <laughs> song. Um, shows how perfectly she fits over like a danceable record. I think um, she made a name originally on, on these danceable songs. Um, and while she may have gone more in a direction of a kind of singer-songwriter kind of that vibe of more of a ballad singer. Um, I think going all in on the dance for the recent album um, on songs like Save a Kiss, Please, Eyes Closed, and then What's Your Pleasure, I think it just really shows that put her over a, a dance track um, and it she just makes perfect sense. Um, her, her voice just really shines on on those songs and for me Jessie Ware is a vocalist first and foremost um I think she's a great songwriter I think she's a really great performer um but to me it's it's all about the voice and she has this way of knowing when to like sing and when to just go with what's happening around her and and integrate herself with the backing vocalists or really have those peak moments. And I, th I think running is the perfect example of that, where it really teases you in and, and you, the song builds and builds. And then near the end, it's just, it's just like spectacular. The, the, the final part, part of that song and she's just singing it. Um, I think remember where you are feels timeless that it's like a classic songbook record, like revitalized by a modern singer. Um, it's like true disco in in the best way. Um, and then my favorite Jessie Ware song, weirdly, feels like it stands out from the rest quite a lot. Is um, is Midnight? Um, I th I think that's probably my my favorite vocal performance she's ever had. Um, there was an amazing moment when I went to see her on that tour where someone on the front row, she was singing the chorus. And then they they had they were wearing a wig and then they took the wig off and threw the wig at her. And she just bursts out laughing and couldn't deal with like being wigless at like how mate. It was just so funny because that's kind of her whole like humor and sense of 
um because she's like cackling on stage during this really emotional <laughs> ballad um but yeah it, I, i'm fascinating if either of you enjoyed like some of these songs i tried to keep it quite diverse i also try to avoid any of the ones that maybe the ones that ed sheeran wrote with her so that you didn't have to deal with that good decision um, but yeah I, I thought this this would work as like an entry point to her because I, she's she's one of my favorite artists and it's it's hard to explain that because i just listen to her loads and i, I just think she's amazing um and the it doesn't really get much deeper than that. It just is. I just think she's good at what she does. And you that, managed yeah. to make it sound deeper than that. But, so. that, but yeah. in the end, that that's all you really need. You just need to go, yeah. I like this. And um, that's what I think she delivers. So what did, what did you guys think? Who do you want to go to? Yeah. We'll go to Max. I, I feel like this is more Matt's vibe. Yeah, just in general. Yeah. So it's funny you you mentioned uh, Subtract because that's I I know her name from Subtract and I I still listen to that day like a lot of his albums, but the debut I still listen to a lot. I really like it because of because of her vocals and because of Sanford's vocals. Um, but I haven't really like checked into what she's doing at all. I think I had some like assumptions. I guess, like, because I hear people talk about Jessie Ware, but I, it, it just doesn't, uh, no one around me really listens to her, I don't think. Um, and so I'd never really, like, been been told, oh, you should listen, you should listen, or you should, this is a great album. Mm-hmm. Um, and But listening to this playlist, I, I, I generally um, really uh, enjoyed it. The... It was very like like you say you put together a very diverse list, um, and so I'm sure it's it, it, like it's maybe I don't know if it's over indexing for that diversity, but it does seem like she's capable of a lot of different kinds of songs, mm. um, and I, I, interesting to see what Fran talks about because I have a feeling we're gonna like completely opposite songs mm. on this list. <laughs> That's plausible. Um, but there's a, a lot of the songs with the kind of the big synths and the like poppy vibes and like weird glitchy electronic stuff. I, I really enjoyed stuff like um, I think you said it's from the newer album, Please and Eyes Closed. Yeah. Um, those those songs I I, re- I really enjoyed. Also, like you say, the disco-y kind of anthemic feel on Step Into My Life and Free Yourself. Um, I thought it was really interesting that she, I think what stood out to me is she gave a lot of the songs plenty of space to breathe. Um, yeah. She wasn't all up in your face the entire time. She let the moments happen as and when they should. Um, it was also weird, like recently um, Mary Claire made me a playlist and actually if you're never going to move, she put on that. Yeah. And so I, di- I didn't realize it was Jesse Ware. And I, it's my biking playlist. And so <laughs> I, I, uh, that came on and I was like, oh, I know this. Um, I've listened to that, that song a lot over the past like six months. So that, that was a kind of a nice surprise. You never um, looked who it was. No, just no I don't really. Wow. It's because I put, it's on like in the, the three quarters of the way in and I'm busy biking. I just find it weird that you never looked through the playlist, man. I mean, it doesn't make clear listen because I, I, I find that slightly offensive that if someone made me a playlist and they didn't even look what songs were on it. But 
anyway, carry on. Hey. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think the the only things I, I like, unsurprisingly, maybe the the more like what you talked about her more singer songwriting stuff, um, would let was a little bit less like my jam, and I think the one the one thing I would say is like vocally, I was some of the songs she took on. Like she seems to very te- like technically gifted and very like when she's doing these kind of weird moments with her voice and using it as an uh, instrument, it is very successful. But when she just goes for full power, and um, I was like, oh, maybe maybe she hasn't got the top end that some someone else w- would have. Um, but that is like I'm talking about comparing her to like very rare voices as opposed to your your kind of and everyday voice um but i i i I think most of the time that's not an issue because she's not doing that she's doing much more interesting things um but yeah yeah i i had a really good time listening to this and uh, it definitely cleared away my preconceptions over like this is just a boring pop artist who's not doing anything interesting you should absolutely listen to the recent album what's your pleasure i'm i'm baffled yeah. that you didn't listen to it when me and james were banging on about it all year um yeah, but... because it's so your thing like that that record and then she did like a there was like eight more songs that were done the year after and like everything on that whole album um front to back like i think you'll enjoy if, if they're, yeah. they're the, every song you picked out is that kind of thing so um definitely that I'll add, I'll add it to my list. My homework. What What did you think, Fran? What I, I want, I'm just interested. What do you think I would think of Jesse Ware? That's my. I want. I'm just intrigued. Whether you I feel like there's away. enough. There's enough here that I feel like um, maybe some of the like earlier songs. Um, so I, I feel like um, I, I feel like you'd find a song like Tough Love. I think you'd find that quite interesting. And I, I wonder if maybe the ones where it, it's a bit grander in scale, you're not really vibing with it. So like Wildest Moments, I feel like might be a bit much for you. But I don't I feel know. Like, I mean, you and you and Matt between you have pretty much nailed my notes. So I don't know if there's any point in me speaking. But um, <laughs> I mean, the thing I, the thing I was going to say as a starting point is like, I think to the surprise of potentially you and I know James, our other editor at Picky Bastards is a big fan. I, I, I think maybe you would. I thought you might think you would hate it, and and I didn't hate it at all. Actually, I, I enjoyed quite a lot of it. Um, as you've just said, um, the early albums, particularly, I, I was particularly a fan of this from Devotion, which I think is the debut. Is that right? Um, yeah. Is there, yeah, yeah. So I was particularly a fan of those. Um, for me, it feels like the more emotive, sort of soulful feel to those early songs. Um, yeah, and they do feel less dramatic, which again you've just pointed out would probably be more on my side um and then i think tough love which is the album you talked about i i think that's the second album um yeah and i really like the tracks off that as well so particularly i like i liked all of the tracks off those two albums um yeah so i did really enjoy them um and it did get a little bit too much for me sometimes with the um the bigger sounding more disco-y stuff mm. towards the end of a career but that, that said there were songs i don't mind in that like i i think save a kiss is a really quality pop song. Um, I can't say anything too negative about that song. Um, there are a couple I really don't like, but only a couple. And the funny thing is that you picked one out as your favourite. Um, Midnight 
Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what me. I mean. That sort of thing, I think, is a bit much. For yeah. You. I, don't, I, don't, I think Midnight I just didn't sound like her from the rest. And you, I think you kind of hinted towards that. Midnight sounded like someone else entirely, and it didn't sound like for someone me, I wanted it's, to it's, listen to. It's weird because, like, that third album, you get the feeling that at the time she was very proud of it, and um, mm. but it maybe didn't... It's not that it didn't do as well as the previous ones. Um, she's never really been, like a hugely commercial and huge success and um, she sort of just steadily built up a big or bigger and bigger audience with shows and stuff um but it really felt like that album they kind of pivoted in more of a, a more of that kind of singer songwriter and it, the, the reviews and the critical thing the acclaim that she'd sort of started to build with the first album i think the first one got nominated for the mercury um and that had kind of faded away and she was seen as very like middle of the road, maybe for a lot of people. Mm. But for me, like the, the songs that I picked from that third album really stand out and have become really big favorites of mine. Um, I, I, th- I think if you listen to that album, I think you'd understand what I mean when it's kind of yeah. like it had gone in one direction. So the, the kind of complete switch to what's your pleasure, which goes in it's, I mean, you could basically have Kylie do a lot of that that music and mm, it would ma- still yeah. make sense. And you kind of, that is not the vibe she'd gone down at all. Um, the, there was um, the, the tour for that third album. I remember she opens with this really emotional song called Sam, which is about her husband and about him becoming their child's father. And it's how she had a, a terrible relationship with her dad and never knew him and all of this stuff and how, she was promising to her mum that he was going to be a good man. And I went to the shows and the fans were just not down for that. And she like opened mm. with that song and it, people would like shout things out in the middle of the song Jesus. and it just, things weren't, it just wasn't, it was like a disconnect because you had yeah, yeah, yeah. the people that got into her through that disclosure remix and kind of that kind of vibe and this kind of like a lot of, you kind of put her in a category alongside people like Rasheen Murphy and like mm. Goldfrapp. And that wasn't the angle that it had gone down. So I find her career quite interesting, but for me, like I've always kept up with it and there's always been a handful of songs, even on an album that I wasn't that keen on. Um, and mi- weirdly and midnight has become my favorite song. And that's from that album. Um, I just think it's for me, it's the performance on that song is just so, it's just so much there. But yeah, I think, and I think that's what I think that's what made that song not work for me. Other than you know the very clearly that it's a you know it is a performance in in the way that some of the songs from the first two albums are kind of feel very authentic. I think, but that's the, in the end that's what I liked about her. And this was you know it was a it was a much more positive experience than I was expecting. Um, and it was one thing I kept thinking while I was listening that it it, it, it is very you a lot of this music like it was clear yeah, yeah. there's no surprise songs like Eyes Closed and What's Your Pleasure I was just like this is a Sam song they mm. they reminded me of yeah. Robin a little bit actually um, yeah, I yeah. think there are elements of Robin in, in this music um, I prefer this to Robin and I, I would actually say this is of of the while of playlists you've done Sam this is probably my favourite so yeah um, yeah my only my only disappointment is that I now have to sort of accept that you and James aren't wrong about this one and the reason <laughs> I, I the reason i hadn't listened um similar to matt hadn't listened even though you the reason i hadn't listened is because you two went on about it so much that i thought i'm gonna fucking hate this um and i didn't 
Um, but I'm just going to listen to Georgia whenever I want to remind myself how, how wrong you and James you can be. You should, definitely, you should definitely listen to that first album, Devotion. Yeah, yeah, I, I will. That, uh, yeah, that's, the, it's, probably, it's probably the most like creatively diverse album mm. in terms of there's some really like interesting production. And that was why at the time there was a lot of buzz around her. Um, yeah. She's kind of settled into more of a... a a different sound, and I think um, yeah, it's yeah, the latest more stuff is my least favorite. The um, step into my life and that, stuff like that. But yeah, but that first album, I I, I think you'll you'll really get a lot from it um, if you like any of the, those songs. You're giving us all homework, but yeah, I yeah, take, I will take that homework revision. Hmm. Um, okay, that's it for episode sixty-one of Picky nice. Bastards. Um, made it. We'll be back in Enjoy. about a month's time. A month, maybe a month and a bit, maybe less than a month. Who knows? Who knows? Um, with yet it's another a short playlist, month. February, so who knows? It's a short month. Uh, of, um, anything could happen. Some new releases, classics, and potentially not so classics. Um, so <laughs> for next next month, I have picked "Audio Lust" and "Higher Love" by S.G. Lewis, as well as "Honey" by Samia or Samia, Samia. Let's go with that. Uh, what have you picked, Matt? Um, I've gone for "Fucked Up." with the album One Day, and John Frusciante with the album Two. Interesting. And Fran will be hosting what will. we'll be bringing to the table. So my the classic I've chosen for next month is Daydream Nation by Sonic Youth, um, which is definitely considered a bit of a classic, I think. And I'll be telling you why I love Daughter. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, at PickyBees. One of us will be there talking. And it's at Picky Bastards. Don't don't go to our Is Picky it at Picky B? Oh, God. I've written that down wrong. The I've website's Picky Bees. An hour in. <laughs> an hour in. And nothing's been. 61 nothing's episodes, wrong. and I'm the only person who knows the Twitter handle. Yeah, but you're the one who's on it. The website yeah. is Picky Bees. I know that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well yeah. done. One of them is. I can right. do that. Oh, God. <laughs> can we re record the whole thing again so we can get no. that right? Okay. No, no, no. Well, we'll um, <laughs> we'll see you all next time. <laughs> see you all next time. <laughs> see you. Bye. Bye.